So I'm here with Chad Jaggerson, the CEO of Etsy, and um, very excited to meet you. I'm glad that you're here and able to do the interview <laughs> after waiting all day for me. Um, so I wanted to ask you to start off um, how, how you find the startup culture in Berlin. So our culture in Berlin is really great. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, uh, this is only my second trip here, but I've, I've heard about Beta House and I've heard about um, um, your company. And, and uh, I know Doppler was based here a couple of years ago and, I, and, and may still be going. Um, but I think the, you know, having lived in San Francisco and now Brooklyn, I think the creative spirit is very similar in Berlin. So the kind of intersection of, of art, culture, and, and technology that you see in places like San Francisco and New York is, is completely present here also. Mm -hmm. So it's exciting. And, um, and you're enjoying your trip so far? Yes. Uh, the, yeah, the trip has been great. I mean, I just arrived yesterday, so I'm still a little, a little jet-lagged, but um, <laughs> it's this conference, uh, you know, which I guess just ended like half an hour ago, is probably probably the best, like, warmest gathering of people that I've ever seen. I mean, it's just been really incredible. Um, everyone has been so nice and so supportive and, like, so honest and helpful. Uh, I've, I've, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of blown away. I'm almost speechless. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> yeah. And has just given us yes. the thumbs up. <laughs> Um, so, um, what would you say was your favorite part of the conference? Um, wow, favorite part of the conference. I think, uh, I have to think for a moment. I really like Douglas Rushkoff's talk. Uh, it was really, really incredible. Um, I think it's hard to define a, a favorite moment, but uh, the favorite quality that I saw of the conference, like I've been to a lot of like business conferences and technology conferences and the fact that people were listening to each other that when speakers were speaking uh, people people didn't have their laptops out and their phones out they were like actually listening and engaging with each other in a way that that I've never really seen before so I think my favorite part of the conference was just you know participating like giving my talk was really fun but also watching people interact with each other and and meet new friends and and uh, find new inspirations. Mm -hmm. So um, you have extensive and very interesting work experience. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you about, um, uh, just out of personal interest really, you studied Shakespeare yes. and wound up as a software engineer. And I wonder, um, how uh, did you find that people perceived you differently having the background that you had being in the work environment where you found yourself yeah. uh i think early in my career well fortunately early in my career was kind of the dawn of the web so like i remember so clearly like in 1996 i would see people who said they had five years experience on the internet which the internet was around but only you know scientists and academics used it so early in my career, people were surprised that I had an English degree, but so few people knew how the internet worked that um, you know, by studying myself, I, I developed practical experience. So it's still occasionally surprising um, when people kind of look that far back, but I think now, I guess I've been fairly established for a while and uh, you know, I've, 
I actually write a lot now, which is really good. I write notes to the Etsy community. Um, I wrote a magazine column for a tech magazine for four and a half years. So this, this kind of uh, study of Shakespeare and study of writing has actually, I think, helped my career because, um, you know, writing code is, is a very valuable skill, but I think communication is even more valuable. So it's an unusual background, but I think it's been really helpful. And, and I'm actually really glad I didn't go to school for computer science because I got to read a lot. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I got, I, got, I got to learn all about technology on my own, but I also have a great, a great background of literature and Shakespeare. <laughs> we can't escape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the conference is just being packed up at the moment. <laughs> so, um, I kind of lost my train of thought now. <laughs> but the sound of... Oh, you said um, that... You're glad you didn't go to school for computer science. Why is that? Well, I think um, one of the great things about the internet and uh, just technology in general is you can teach yourself anything now. You can teach it just by downloading open source software or reading tutorials and things like that. Um, I feel like had I not devoted myself to studying literature when I was in college, when I was at university, that I would never have probably done that. So I think. My advice to anyone thinking about going to school would be like study something that you're passionate about during your university years. You can always study yourself later on, but I think being able to immerse yourself in that time in something that's that's timeless. Computer science is not timeless. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, if I'd studied computer science, I would have been studying languages that aren't used anymore. But, you know, Shakespeare and literature and poetry are timeless and you know, people are reading Shakespeare, uh, you know, 500 years later, but they're not, you know, 10 years later reading, you know, Pascal programming books. Yeah. So <laughs> literature is, is timeless. And um, how recently have you become the CEO? Uh, let's see, I guess it's been just over two months. Mm -hmm. And how are you finding the transition? Uh, I really love it. I mean, I think very much like this conference, you know, the, as you see at this conference, the Etsy community is so warm and nice and, and, uh, and helpful that it's been a really nice transition. And I feel, <laughs> I feel like, you know, I'm in, I'm in service of a really great community. So um, it's, it's been great. And yeah, I, I've never been happier than being at this conference. Like it feels, it feels like we're doing something, working with such amazing people. Um, I, you know, I just feel honored, I guess. That's really nice. <laughs> um, so I, uh, being in the position that you are, I thought it would uh, be of interest to ask you um, what you think the, the value is of having a community marketplace over a more traditional setup. A community market, uh, how would you define a traditional? Um, maybe something like, uh, I mean, somewhere where you're just buying things without, for example, in interacting with the oh, uh, maybe Amazon, for example. Yeah, I mean, I think that's actually that's actually a really good question. Um, I think that one thing that sometimes people miss who who kind of look at marketplaces in general is that they they see Etsy and they compare Etsy to other marketplaces. And I think the fundamental difference with Etsy, and you can see it in the spirit of this conference, is it's, it's about interactions between people. And in some ways, 
the, the commerce and the, the transaction where money exchanges hands is almost incidental. Like it's more about the, uh, the interaction, um, the same sorts of interactions that you have at farmers markets and other sort of personal transactions. And I think the personal aspect is what sets Etsy apart. Mm -hmm. it's, it's very, that the warmth that you feel in the conference and the warmth that you feel using the site is, is because it's all about how people are interacting with each other. Mm -hmm. And uh, kind of along the same lines, how, how do you keep up with the, with the growth of the community? Uh, how do you maintain uh, the personality when, so, when it's um, constantly getting bigger? Right. Um, well, I think the really beautiful thing about Etsy is that it's a collection of small communities and small groups of people. So, and the, you know, the, the business of Etsy is basically uh, fundamentally about the success of other people. So, I think, you know, if you participate on Etsy, the, the fees are really minimal. And, uh, you know, as we grow, it means that more individuals and more communities are successful. So, um, when we stop growing, it means that these small communities are not being successful. So um, the, the thing that drew me to Etsy in the first place was the idea that you could have a business that's sustainable and a business that's based on the success of others, not on this, purely on the success of your business. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's really rare. There aren't many businesses like that. Um, so whenever a transaction happens on Etsy, uh, you know, our transaction fee is three and a half percent and the way I think about it is the community keeps you know 96 and a half percent of what happens on Etsy which mm -hmm. is really um, really a beautiful way to do business and I think that's one reason more people join Etsy because it's it's fundamentally fair mm -hmm. and why is it only three and a half percent because it seems like a well first of all kind of an odd number and uh, and yeah. very small Right. I think that the smallness is, uh, you know, Rob, our founder, is just reflected in his sense of what fair would be. Um, I think, to some degree, the three and a half percent was picked early in the early on in the days of Etsy, somewhat arbitrarily. So it's, uh, I think it was just the number that felt fair. Mm -hmm. And I think um, the community, the people who who sell on Etsy, I think, have adopted Etsy so quickly. Um, and enjoy Etsy because it, it is fair. Like it's uh, in the art world, for example, um, you know, if you sell art through an agent, the agent keeps uh, definitely in the double digits and sometimes in the high double digits. <laughs> so three and a half percent is just a, a fair number. Mm -hmm. And um, how long have you been at Etsy again? I've been at Etsy for exactly three years, almost exactly. And you were the CTO starting out? CTO starting out. Uh, I joined in September 2008, actually September 2nd, 2008 to be exact. So I just had my three-year anniversary um, two weeks ago. And the only reason I remembered it is because we have a, a board in the office that has what we call Etsy-versaries, and it has you know one year, two year, three years, and my name was under three years. <laughs> it's right by the front desk, and I said, "Oh yeah, I've been here three years." <laughs> um, and uh, what what do you think makes a great team? Because Etsy's um, I, I've been reading Etsy's team pages to kind of get guidance for um, what we're doing at mm -hmm. Gitsy, and uh, I'm always very impressed with the the detail and the 
shining personality that comes through when you read about yeah. the Etsy team. Yeah. And I'm wondering how, uh, how you select people that seem to work so brilliantly well together. Right. Um, I think that the great thing is that Etsy is almost sort of a self-selecting community. Like the people who want to work at Etsy want to work at Etsy because they believe in Etsy. And because they believe in Etsy, they work well in the team. So um, we obviously look for a high degree of technical skill, like on the engineering side, and you know, understanding of, of you know, Etsy, the Etsy community, I think, is, is really high up there. But um, it sounds almost too simple, but we just we hire good people. And when I say good, I mean they're good in whatever field they're in, whether it's you know marketing or technology, but they're also they're also good people because they believe in Etsy and they, they believe in what we're doing. So, um, but it's like any any large team. Occasionally we have conflict, but I think the the beautiful thing about it is that when we have conflict, everyone believes in the larger mission. So um, that means conflict gets resolved pretty pretty easily. What um, would you be able to give me an example of a, a conflict that resolved itself nicely? Um, it's kind of a job interview question. I apologize. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> totally fine. Um, well, occasionally, uh, I'm speaking more as the the former CTO, but occasionally uh, engineers will have differences on how to do something, and you know whether it's a language chosen or a particular approach or an algorithm being used and. Uh, I find that the, the team has such a, a spirit that people debate, but once a decision is made, people go with that decision because um, they, they sort of fundamentally know that it, the decisions are being made for the good of Etsy and they, they believe in the team and, um, and uh, we try to be transparent with, with everyone inside the company so they, people usually understand why we're making decisions. They might disagree on sort of some of the mechanics, but um, it, just, it just tends to sort of work itself out. So people are just very cooperative? Yeah, very cooperative. I think um, passionate, but, um, but ultimately you know, cooperative with each other. There's kind of a spirit of, which you can see here at the conference, uh, that we're all doing this together. And that, that really solves a lot of problems. Like I'm, I'm the CEO and Matt asked me if I could help move tables later. And I said, of course, you know, mm -hmm. that's, that's just how we work. Yeah, it's really nice to see the sort of DIY. Oh, hands -on. that's yeah. along the lines of something else I wanted to ask you. Um, how uh, I I don't I don't know if my impression is correct, but I, from what you've just said about moving tables, um, it seems to me like the the hierarchy in Etsy is really loosely defined, or maybe a bit flatter than usual. And how uh, how do you think you can make leadership work with a, a kind of a flattened hierarchy? Yeah, so I think. Um, we you have to have sort of clear decision making like sometimes like groups have a hard time making decisions mm -hmm. I think what you're seeing with the the sense of flatness is that the so we have decision making where you know I'm the CEO so there are decisions that I have to make as sort of the final decision but what you're seeing is like a flat communication structure more than anything so that means that anyone uh, anyone feels comfortable speaking with me about anything and I feel comfortable speaking with others and you know 
managers in the company don't get freaked out when I talk to someone who works for them and like there's just a sense of trust and flatness in the way we communicate and so um, that's that's the most important thing I, th I think you still need sort of a little hierarchy in decision making or otherwise things don't happen it's done. yes <laughs> but the communication part is really important you should be able to communicate with anyone in the company mm -hmm. and uh Etsy has kind of gotten this reputation uh, for having a really exciting work experience mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, big lunches and get-togethers. And uh, I was wondering how, uh, you know, also the, the really cool interior design. Yes. <laughs> so in Etsy Labs, it was just fascinating to me yeah. to see. Um, I uh, wanted to get your opinion on uh, what you can do in the office to kind of optimize the the morale in the in the workplace yeah I think the, the biggest thing you can do is is give people people a say in how the office is organized um, you know like in in Silicon Valley where I worked for a little while like a lot of companies put up cub cubicles and then that's that's sort of demoralizing in a way like it, it sort of chops the space up in a really uh, sort of unnatural, like overly orderly sort of way. So like, um, I think we give people handmade desks and all the desks are out in the open. And, uh, you know, uh, for the most part, I mean, as we're growing, it's get, it gets a little bit harder, but the teams are able to kind of configure themselves in natural ways. So, you know, there are areas of the office that have couches and places to sit. And uh, it feels to me very much like a, the difference between an overly planned city, like a suburb, and a, a dense, chaotic, like, inner city. So, like, mm -hmm. I look at our desk and I think there's a section of our office that I say is more like lower Manhattan, <laughs> and there's a section of our office that's more like uptown because it's a little, a little more right-angled, but the, the lower Manhattan area of the office, even though we're in Brooklyn, we love Brooklyn, <laughs> um, is a little bit more like you know, not straight lines and things don't intersect and that's sort of like where our office started and it's almost like the old town. So I think having some like organic sense to how the office develops and, you know, giving people some, some self-determination in how the work environment is constructed. Mm -hmm. And uh, where can you draw a line between a, a cool workplace and a productive one? Like, is there any sort of compromise that has to be made? Like, yeah. is there a degree of coolness that you can't obtain if you're going to be productive? That's a good question. Let's see. Um, <laughs> I remember one thing. Someone asked if we could have a pool table, uh, you know, billiards. And that's, I said, well, that sounds like it would be cool, but I don't think anyone could think if we had, you know, billiard balls knocking against each other all day. So that was maybe an example of where we said like productivity won over coolness. Mm -hmm. But I think the, the thing that helps people get things done is like a sense of motivation. And I think having an environment that has a lot of spirit and creativity and, and energy and color actually um, in most cases motivates more than it distracts. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we're, I'd say the biggest challenge we have is we've been growing pretty quickly and the office is getting more dense, so um, the proximity can be distracting. But uh, one of the things that we do is we actually have a headphone allowance for, 
for everyone in the company. So if you need headphones to, uh, to drown out any ambient noise, uh, we, we pay for those. So, um, but it's a challenge. Like there's so much excitement in the, in the office all the time that uh, you know, sometimes it can be noisy, but it's mostly the noise of great things happening. And <laughs> that's, it's, it's, really, it's really beautiful. Like I, I like, sometimes I'll stand in the office and just listen to the noise and it's the noise of the noise of creation and making <laughs> things and so it's not the noise of you know a stock exchange or something like that which is kind of frenetic um, <laughs> it's a beautiful noise i think that's a really good point to end on um, great thank you thank you thank you very much i really had a good time here in berlin and and uh i want to come back and spend more time and hang out with the startups and all that kind of stuff well we look forward to welcoming you the next time you're here great thank you